Nerd Talk, Dork Talk, Real Talk, the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. I don't know the meaning of life, but this is what I live for. Hey, what up? It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How you doing today? I hope all is well. I've been noticing signs recently, like on the streets, like street signs, because of the driving. Gotta tell ya, I don't know what half of them mean, so look out. I gotta say, like when I was doing my G1 test, so like just the written side of things having to study the book. There are so many different signs. I'm like, how the hell am I ever going to remember any of these? I barely remember them for the test. I'm like, when I get out there on the road, if there's this many signs, look out. Somebody's dying. I'm going to not know what it means. I'm going to zig when I should zag. I'm going to turn left when I should turn right. I'm going to speed up when I should be slowing down. Someone's dying. But it's not so bad when you get out there. Half these signs you never run into anyway. Beware of bear. The only bears I've ever seen are the big, fat, furry dudes who would do unspeakable things. I was going to say it to like a handsome man like myself, but nah. They're like, we're not interested in you. We're looking for a cub, old man. But I guess I've opened up myself to signs now. Being on the road, being careful, noticing. Just noticing what's around me, what to look out for, that type of stuff. And so I was in a parking garage the other day. And I've been to this parking garage a bunch of times, but never did I ever notice there was a sign. It's an older building, probably from the 60s or 70s, but never have I ever noticed there's a sign that they've put up right by the entrance. And it's a sign that says, be careful, always check your back seat before entering car. I'm like, what? Is this a thing? Like, what was happening in the 70s for them to put that sign up? You know they're not just putting up signs all willy-nilly. If for nothing else, for financial reasons, they're not just going to put up any sign. Because, come on, you got to think about it. You got to hire a guy to design the sign. He may or may not be the guy who puts that design into production. And if he's not, you have to hire a guy to make that design into a sign. Then you probably have to hire a guy to install that sign. I wouldn't be surprised if that ran you a grand or two. So they don't just put up signs unless there's a precedence to put up a sign, like as we were talking about, traffic signs. I'm assuming back in the day when cars were first invented, when these roads were first uh, created, there were no signs. They're like, just go. When you see somebody crossing the road, maybe you stop for them. But then again, wealth got you a much longer rope back then. If you're wealthy, you could probably run down a couple of Oliver Twists and nobody's going to bat an eye. But at some point, the justice system kicked in and they're like, yeah, you, let's not. We can't keep sweeping these dead bodies under rugs. Let's put up some signs. Let's make some rules. Let's get this thing under control. So road signs came out of necessity, except for speed bump ones. Like what the hell is the deal with speed bump signs? What are you looking at that you're not going to see the speed bump? Like how, I'm not even a good driver and even I know, yeah, keep your eyes on the road. That's half the battle. You keep your eyes on the road, there's a good chance you're not going to hit anybody. 
I mean, you could always panic and step on the accelerator instead of the brake, but that's the other half of the battle, knowing the difference between big pedal and small pedal. I understand there's babes on the road that you gotta look at sometimes, but if they're that fly, you shouldn't even see that sign either. You should be that engaged in the fine booty that you wouldn't notice the speed bump sign. So if that's the case, this person is doing it wrong in more than one way. But yes, my point is, there has to be some precedence. There has to be signs come out of necessity. So was there some kind of epidemic back in the 60s and 70s where they're like, huh, there's enough creepers in the back seat. I think it's about time we put up a sign and warn people. People are getting caught off guard. We put this sign up. Now people are like... As people go put the key into the lock, they're wait a minute. That sign said I should look for creepers in the back. There's one right there. Put an end to that bullshit. No more people getting their throat slashed from behind. Or whatever the hell people are doing, drugging people. The old chloroform over the mouth. They teach you that in creeper school. That's the first thing you learn. After you do an icebreaker game. After you've gone around the room, introducing yourself. And talking about your hobbies outside of being a creeper. Outside of being a stalker. They teach you the old chloroform trick. I don't know this from experience. I just like to read. Eh, 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 suckers. They don't know I don't read. Eh, 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 suckers. They don't know the only thing I read is the back of a cereal box. But that's some scary shit, isn't it? Like, every time I get behind a wheel, I'm scared to death already. I already know there's a good chance me hopping in this vehicle and taking it on the road is the last thing I do on this planet. Yes, I'll admit, strictly because of my lack of ability to drive safely above the speed of 20 kilometers per hour. That much I can live with. That's on me. But if hopping in that car is the last thing I do because some deranged some bitch with a real hate on for beloved, lovable podcasters is sitting in the back with a friggin' machete, well, that's a harder pill to swallow. But that's some dedication, though. I could never do that, could you? Like, be a creeper that hangs out in the back seat. Because that's some dedication. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't even do it for Tiffany Alvord. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't go through the rigors of getting myself into the position of being in her back seat. So I could just smell her hair one more time and eavesdrop on her girl talk with her best friend in her passenger seat. I wouldn't do any of that. That's weird, first of all, yeah? I'm, I'm better than that. Give me some credit. Eh, 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 suckers. They don't know that I'm not better than that. But no, I wouldn't do it for that reason. So if that doesn't compel me to do it, I don't know what can. Certainly not murdering somebody. Like, just think about it. Seems like a lot of work to get yourself in a position to murder somebody in the backseat of their car. You gotta find where they live. You gotta find out what he drives. Or she drives. Hey, man. I'm a feminist. Equal rights. I strongly believe both men and women should be gruesomely murdered. Only if they got it coming to them, though. I'm not some sort of psychopath that says every man and woman should be murdered. No, only the douchebags. Only the ones who deserve to die according to my hate list. Uh, I didn't even take that into consideration. You gotta start a hate list. And then you gotta sneak into the parking lot. Break into this guy's car, but you can't do it like smash and grab. Because then that's gonna set them right off. They're gonna look directly into the backseat right away. And your element of surprise is gone. So you gotta learn how to pick a lock, then pick a lock. Like, I'm getting tired just naming the steps, but I ain't even done. Then you gotta hop in the back, probably stay there for a few hours, 
Just because you don't know how long it takes to pick that lock. Could be five minutes, could be five hours. So you gotta give yourself the time. If you're gonna murder, murder responsibly. You gotta show up early. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know about you. If I'm laying down for like four hours, I'm certainly going to sleep. Like I stand for four hours. I want to fall asleep. Laying down, I don't got a chance. So hopefully I don't fall asleep so long that the guy drives to work, gets out, goes to work. I wake up. I'm like, damn it. I have to wait here for another eight hours. Forget it. It's not worth it. Cross him off the hate list. I'll slash his tires or something. But let's say I don't fall asleep. I'm there ready to get the job done. And this guy shows up. I'm going to have a hard time not breaking out into a giggle. Do you know why? Because if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have one hell of a one-liner. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I'm thinking about things to say in this show or different social situations, imaginary social situations, I suppose, one where I have friends and beautiful women who want to be around me and such, sometimes I laugh out loud. So if I've got this one-liner zinger, this brilliant one-liner just before I slice the guy's throat Sweeney Todd style, there's a good chance I'm breaking out into laughter. This dude's gonna turn around, block my panic attempt to slash his throat, take the knife from me, and stab me in mine. Oh, of course it happened like that. Even in this bit, even in this hypothetical, of course somebody blocks my attack and kills me with my own knife. Uh balls the caddy ho show episode 115 or commonly known as 115 will cover the first ever t swift hatchet job smallville i mean and gotham oh it's showtime let's go so if you've been listening to the old kenny ho show for any amount of time you know that there's basically Well, other than the last few episodes where it's been about Michelle Branch, there's basically been two musicians that get brought up on here, Time In and Time Out. And that's, of course, Tiffany Alvord and T-Swizzle Taylor Swift. And I'm sure if you got nothing better to do, like you lose your job, you dropped out of school, you pick up a habit, and you got nothing better to do, and you listen to all 114 episodes, you'll realize there's not a single mention of how shitty one of their videos was or how shitty one of their songs were. Because I love everything these girls have done, especially T-Swizzle musically. In general, Taylor Swift's music blows Tiffany's music out of the water. But that's that's unfair of me to compare to because you have two different budgets there. You got different caliber producers on each album. So that's not fair, but that's not the point. What am I doing? All I'm saying is I've never talked smack about Taylor Swift's music. And every time I've reviewed one of her music videos, it has never scored under 8 million teardrops on my guitar out of 10. (sighs) Today is a dark day. For Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift will fall far, far from that standard 8 million teardrops. I'm going to put it right out on Front Street. This is going to be a hatchet job. So if you're squirmish, turn away, tune out. Come back next week or skip ahead to the Gotham stuff. But if you're like, nah, I want to see this happen, strap yourself in. Put on some goggles. This thing's getting messy.
First things first, Zombie Swift. Zombie's a little overplayed at this point, but I can live with that much. So already that didn't work for me. Already prepared me for the worst. Because even, and the second thing that crossed my mind was maybe it's an homage to Thriller. I love Thriller. I watched that thing, you know, when I was young, there wasn't an internet, so I couldn't just rewatch it. But every time it came on during Halloween, I would watch it. Every chance I got from beginning to end. So I love Thriller. But an homage at this point, paying homage to, at this point, like a 35-year-old video has been paid homage time and time again. It's a little overplayed. It's a little cliche. It's a little cheesy. Swifty, you're better than this. You're usually way more creative than that. But whatever it was, at least it was really short. It ended within the first like 15 seconds of the video. It ends with her throwing some dirt into a beautiful, smiling, peaceful, angelic looking Taylor Swift six feet under. Keep that in mind because that's gonna play a big part in this video actually. No, I don't like you. Well, I hope you kept that in mind and didn't forget because we can already use it because the next scene where she's in the diamond bubble bath, wow. She's really going for bitch here, and I don't know if it's acting, I don't know if this is what she is now, but this is what she wants to represent herself with. She got bitch written all over her face, because remember, that sweet angelic Taylor Swift is six feet under. But it's not a good call either way. As I said, I don't know if this is what she is now, if it, you know, fame's gotten to her head, if this is what she thinks she should be, or this is all acting. Either way, it's not a good call. Why come across as a bitch? Being featured on Dear Bitch is not an honor. Bitches and douchebags and jabronis, those are a dime a dozen. You can't throw a rock in Toronto without hitting three or four. Whereas being nice, being likable, those are far harder to find. Dear Bitch, you killed my beloved Swifty. Bite me. No, I don't like you. And though this is more me picking apart at the video, let's also pick apart at the song, pick apart at the lyrics. The lyrics, pretty rough. Like, I haven't heard it a bunch of times, I don't know every word, but this stood out to me. Even the very first time I heard it, I'm like, wow, this this is so cheesy. This is trying too hard. And the lyrics are... I don't like your perfect crime How you laugh when you lie You said the gun was mine Isn't cool, no I don't like you <gasps> What gun? I don't remember you being on trial for murder. I remember you being at the courthouse because some dude goosed you. You know, what a piece of crap. But who stuck you with a gun? And you're like, Kenny, I'm pretty sure it's a metaphor. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, even as a metaphor, guns are so overused. Overplayed, if you will. Huh? Huh? Common theme already. It isn't edgy at this point. It's not risque. It's just cheap. It's a cheap pop. It comes off as cheesy because it's been done a million times. If you use a metaphorical weapon, be like, and you stuck me with the katana. If you threw stuck me with a katana in that song, I'd buy like a hundred copies of your album. I would load them up in the bathtub and just toss them around all happy like, go, yes, I love Swifty. But I'm not going to be a jabroni here and just focus on the negatives. There are positives. I would say this part of the song, the bridge, I guess, quite catchy. But I got smarter, I got harder in the nick of time. Honey, I rose up from the dead, I do it all the time. And it builds. I got a list of names and yours is in red underline. Like right here, I figured the roof was going to blow off the place. 
Like it feels like it should, something big should happen right here. Like an awesome upbeat, up-tempo chorus. But nope, she decided to slow down. She decided to go the way of hertz. This chorus kills the song. Bridges and choruses usually make or break a song. This breaks it. End of story. No doubt about it. Here's a rule of thumb that every musician, aspiring musician, or established musician should live by. Whenever you take a page from Hertz, it's a bad idea. Don't do it. Whenever you stop and you're, wait a minute, that kind of sounds like Hertz. You should immediately hire a new producer, hire a new songwriter, scrap what you're doing, and start all over. Freaking Hertz. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. What you just made me do, look what you just made me do. And the chorus itself, horrible. It's just her repeating the same thing over and over and over again, which is a surefire indicator that your song is empty and vapid, that it serves no real purpose. Only because of who she is, it will add to pop culture, but it certainly will not add to art. Just because I say something over and over and over again doesn't make it true. For example, this is the greatest podcast ever. Huh? What? Get This is the greatest podcast ever. That's right. This is the greatest podcast ever. What is this podcast? You suck, big man! Son of a bitch. Back to the video then, there's like 15 costume changes and set changes, which again, just means there's no solid story to the video. If the original idea was to pay homage to Michael Jackson's thriller, you're doing quite the opposite because that was a mini movie. This right here, this looks like a bunch of behind the scenes or outtakes or a compilation of really, really over the top, run of the mill ads for some douchey fashion line. And back to the music, this part, it sounds real familiar, doesn't it? If you're gonna do an 80s type of song, do it fully. I would actually prefer an 80s type of song over what we got here. Which at best should have been an initial draft to something that gets put through a few excellent producers and songwriters and actually become something I'm going to want to listen to over and over and over again. But as I said, I don't want to be all negative. Here's some positives. In the scene where Swifty is dressed in some black spandex type of thing, you'll know the scene when you're watching the video. It's the one where all the fembots are lined up in the manufacturer there. Can someone give me the address of that place? Because that's probably the only place I'll ever find a wife. And can someone lend me like 50 grand so I can pay them to make one that looks like Tiffany Alvord? Probably a hundred grand because they're going to have to come up with some new software to make me lovable even to a machine. But that's beside the point. What I love about this scene is, you know, besides allowing me to escape reality and think of a world where I'm not dying alone, is T-Swift got boobs. You notice that? I don't blame you if you're freeze framing right now. You know, to examine for authenticity of what I'm saying, go right ahead. Actually, I give you full permission. I've been watching T-Swift since she was 15 years old. I know that sounds real creepy, but you gotta remember, I wasn't too far from that age myself. So I've definitely seen her throughout the years and noticed her body, and I'm 100% sure she ain't ever got boobs. I wonder, it doesn't look like it's pushed up, does it? 
I don't know if they're natural. I don't know if she got a boob job. But all I'm saying is now Taylor Swift got some melons. She got some knockers. Some jugs, if you will. All right, then we move on. There's a scene with a bunch of clearly super gay guys wearing tops that that will look gross even on women because they're not sex objects. What is this? How dare they? How dare they put this on anyone? Even on a woman, this would not work for me because I would like something left to the imagination, slew. But that's not even the worst part. They're jarring visual there. The worst part of this scene is it looks like Taylor Swift has found a way to travel back in time to 1984 where she went out to the salon and asked for the little Richard perm. Like what the hell is that? Like remember when Swifty had the big natural curls? Like that looked great because the key word there was natural. But this, this is a pretty good representation of what her hairdos are nowadays. Which is, it just all screams she's trying way too hard. She's trying to do outrageous hairstyles. She's trying to get herself in the tabloids or headlines with her outrageous hairdos. Oh, and it is getting her headlines, but not for the right reason. Most of her new hairstyles are just really horrible. This one and that, what's her name? Annie Lennox, you know, the platinum chick. That Annie Lennox look and this one, take the cake. But it's alright, Swifty, you got nice cans. The next scene... Is the new Swift, the new bitch Swift, the new unlikable Swift, standing in front of a big T behind her, on top of a mountain of actually likable versions of herself, past versions of herself. And doing a little freeze frame action here, I see Red Taylor, Speak Now World Tour Taylor, Sparks Fly Ringleader Taylor, and my favorite of all time, You Belong With Me Taylor. Keep an eye out for You Belong With Me Taylor. Like that part where she gets kicked in the face, kicked in the head. It just vintage. Vintage, lovable Taylor Swift. She makes that goofy face. And my heart both melts and breaks at the same time. Melts because I love You Belong With Me, Taylor. But breaks because I know that's not her anymore. <sighs> at the end of the day, seeing all these Taylors, all these Taylors that inspired me, that, you know, that made my day better, that made my life better... Seeing all of them getting crapped on like this, used in this way basically to demonstrate all those tailors are a thing of the past, really breaks my heart. So let's finish this thing up before I start breaking down on Mike. I think this whole video is a shit show. I think this song is pretty bad. Certainly the chorus is horrible. Some of the lyrics are shit. But this line takes the cake. I'm sorry, the old tailor can't come to the phone right now. She's dead. What the frack? Go frack yourself, new Swift. I don't know about you, but I find that anytime someone is that adamant about an old part of them dying is dead. I find it to be someone being dramatic, overly dramatic, actually. And it, at the end of the day, it just comes off as tacky. Especially at her age. She's like 27 years old. It's like, I don't know how liberated you actually are. Like when Miley did it, she was much younger. Wasn't she like 19, 20 years old? So she's a teenage girl making the transition into a woman. She went from zero to 100. That's typical of a young woman. Typical of a young person anyway, actually. But Swifty at 27 is like, girl, you know who you are at this point. Calm yourself, you don't need this video where you're like, 
we all know you've changed. But Swifty at 27 to do this, to be like, hey guys, remember the Swifty that y'all used to love, that y'all fell in love with? Yeah, well now she's dead. This is the new me. This is the B from Apartment 23. Check out my Beyonce dance moves, which is a horrible career decision. Knock this Beyonce bullshit off. Beyonce as, a, as an artist is not interesting at this point. That woman's just so full of herself, her head is firmly planted, eight feet up her own ass. Taking a page from her book is a really bad idea. Being full of yourself is a really bad idea. I know there's people out there who are arguing, yeah, how dare you, Kenny? She's just a strong, independent, young woman. Listen, strong, independent doesn't mean bitch. You can be a nice, lovable, likable, goofy girl and be strong and independent. Swifty has just changed into some bitch. Like, that goofiness is gone. That lovable girl next door quality is gone. She's only the girl next door if you live in a big old mansion in Beverly Hills. And to finish off the video, she has all the beloved Swifts all turning on each other, using all the horrible things people have said about her in the past, kind of against each other. I'm like, ugh, that is not the way to treat you know, your legacy. What a horrible video. You guys! Stop making that surprise face. It's so annoying. Yeah, you can't possibly be that surprised all the time. What's with that bitch? Don't call me that. Y'all, oh, stop acting like you're all nice. You are so fake. <laughs> oh, there she goes, playing the victim again. What are you doing? Getting receipts. I'm gonna edit this later. Uh, I, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. She's gone in the wrong direction. I understand she's been through a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I understand. But it, at the end of the day, it's not what happens to you. It's how you deal with it that really counts. And I look at me, I, I don't handle things the right way all the time. And hopefully, like me, she'll find out at some point, which I think Miley has even figured out, that... Becoming an unlikable bitch, because I became quite unlikable at one point. I was so angry. That's not the way to live your life. Hey, we all gotta do what we gotta do to survive and move forward. But at the end of the day, you gotta hang on to that that light in you, that sense of humor. You know, the, the thing that makes you beautiful. And sure, now she's got big old boobies. That means nothing. I used to be an actor. I've met a lot of physically attractive women who are so ugly on the inside that I would never hook up with them. If I even had to do a, a scene where I made out with them, I would puke. So this video and song, Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift, I give three teardrops on my guitar out of ten, and I give the new Swifty negative eight million teardrops. No, I don't like you. Alright, I know I announced that I was going to talk about Gotham, but A, I'm running low on time, B, I didn't think I was going to get all emotional about that Taylor Swift review. So I think I'm going to wrap it up. Here, you know what? We'll do a really short Gotham Season 4 teaser trailer breakdown. Basically, they're introducing a costume for young Bruce Wayne. It kind of looks like the Smallville costume. That's why I was saying Smallville earlier. It looked like the Blur costume, which is a black trench coat. But unlike the Blur's costume, that probably cost him a total of, uh, I don't know, 200 bucks. I'm assuming that jacket alone costs 20 grand. And then he covers his identity, his face, with a gimp mask. And then he takes the streets to fight crime. But here's the thing. Buddy looks like he weighs about 90 pounds. And I understand sizes and everything. But you can't always go with what Yoda had to say. Buddy had the force on his side. This guy doesn't. 
So if he were taking out, you know, pressure points, punching people in weak spots and stuff, I'd be like, all right, size doesn't matter. He knows what he's doing. But from what I've seen, he's going toe to toe with guys. He's trying to punch them out straight, which come on. I know it's a show I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief, but you're asking too much of me to believe this high school musical looking some bitch and go toe to toe with the muscle of the mob. Come on, they're called the muscle for a reason. All right, that's it. That's episode 115 of the coolest podcast ever, The Old Kenny Ho Show. Hopefully I can get you another episode next week, but it might be a little tricky. Summer's up. I'm going back to work really soon. So we'll see. All right, I got to run. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks for listening. Tiffany Alvord, I hope you're listening and I hope you're impressed. Toodles! Toodles!